Hello, New York sports fans. We are back with another episode of the Jersey Turnpike Boys. I am Zach, along with my co-host, Nick. Nick, what's going on? Zach, I want to start by addressing this first. Okay. You've been doing this podcast for, what, a year and a half, maybe? Yeah, around there. I know a lot of people talk about that. This thing is going to fail. We should just quit. Everything's going on. You know what? I just want to point out, I can't even receive to those people. And when we succeed, I'm going to show it back to them because I know what's going to happen. All right, let's see your starting quarterback get on the field first. Let's see. <laughs> let's see some progression in year two. I mean, obviously Zach Wilson being out with Joe Flacco as your starting quarterback, the chances of you winning go down significantly. Uh, I mean, Salah's got to be careful what he what he says. We all know what happened with Joe Judge last year. Who basically talked his way out of a job? Uh, I just see some almost repeats of Joe Judge and Robert Sala right now, but it's one week. It's one week. I think we're really overreacting right now, and I don't think these comments are as outrageous as Joe Judge's last year. But Robert Sala really needs to be careful because he doesn't want to pull a Joe Judge. No, you're right, and I am getting Joe Judge flashbacks from looking at these comments the last couple of days and you know what it is too Zach we don't even need to just talk about these last couple of days of him after this loss saying we're taking receipts on everyone you know if you jump off the boat don't come back on when we succeed all these things he even botched up the quarterback announcement last week with Joe Flacco he said that there was a chance that Zach Wilson could be ready for week one got the fans all excited for that to find out he's going to be out as originally expected not till week four, best case scenario. And, you know, I don't know what his deal is with the media. Obviously, if you're a good football coach, how you handle the media, maybe it's more important in a New York sports market, but, you know, on the field results are what matters. And, yeah, let's talk about the Jets game. You said it yesterday. Well, you said it that you're starting quarterbacks out, you're throwing Joe Flacco out there. What happened against the Ravens on Sunday is what you probably expect to happen. A pretty strong defensive effort held them to 24 points in that offense because, you know, you're missing not only your starting left tackle, you signs someone in free agency to be the left tackle. He gets hurt. You're what do you expect to happen? I don't I don't know if there's anything different that Joe that uh Robert Saul could have done here that makes the result any better. Yeah, he wasn't given much to work with uh, in this week one, especially, yeah, with injuries on the offensive line, injuries to your starting quarterback, going out there with Joe Flacco against a pretty talented Ravens defense, uh, pretty rap- talented Ravens team overall. I mean, a lot of people believe this Ravens team uh, can make a run in the playoffs and win the division. I mean, this is kind of the result you expected. Honestly, I saw some encouraging signs from uh, – the jet from the Jets defense, honestly, that defensive front looks pretty strong right now. They have a lot of talent on the, on their defense. Um, I guess some encouraging signs there. Uh, I mean, Garrett Wilson, what do you have? Four catches, 52 yards. Uh, Elijah Moore, five catches, 49 yards. We'll see how he emerges in year two. Uh, Brees Hall had a couple carries, six carries, 23 yards. He did fumble that. He did fumble. He had that bad fumble. Um, 
Corey Davis, six catches, 77 yards. I mean, Corey Davis, pretty down season last year. I think we can all agree on that. So yeah. he's definitely some guy you want to see emerge this year. Yeah. But, I mean. Flacco, even how inept he was, he still, yes, he threw the ball 59 times and completed 37. I mean, he still did throw for 307 yards. That's something we're not talking about. Obviously, it, He didn't play completely didn't awful. Yeah, I mean, it was a terrible game. It's, it's, it's what you expected. You didn't expect them a, to win against Baltimore. This isn't. Flacco in this offense isn't a formula for success because he's 37 years old and isn't anywhere near the Joe Flacco he was in Baltimore, and he's not an athletic quarterback like Zach Wilson is, which you need, especially with two left tackles down in your offensive line in shambles. But, yeah, I I don't know what else could have really been done Sunday to change the result, obviously. I know Jeff fans are frustrated. It seems like it's going down the same path that it's been their basically entire existence since – the Joe Namath era, but I think you just got to continue to be patient with this group. And this is what I'm confused about, too. Because Robert Sal, because we talked about comparing this to Joe Judge, the comments that Robert Sal was making in the press conferences. You know when Joe Judge started to make those types of comments in the press conferences, Zach? Well, when the ship was sinking last year. Well, when the ship was sinking and he knew his job was on the line in jeopardy as a result. I don't get this. I don't. I don't see any reason, unless the Jets completely burn into the ground this year and you see set back. I don't see any reason to fire Sala this year after the season. And only getting a coach and a quarterback two years is just, I don't think that's a successful formula. And, you know, so I think the expectation, I know there was a lot of expectations about this Jets team, especially with all the free agent signings and the draft picks. It's still going to take time to develop this. And, you know, if they don't, I keep hearing stuff like they don't win at least seven games, they should fire the coach. Like, what do you expect this team to do right now? I don't really think there's that much of a realistic expectation. I think you got to give Salah at least another year, two years. If he doesn't make progress in year three, then you let him go. But, you know, unless there's something that, like I said, unless the season completely crashes and burns and the Jets are the laughing stock of the league and one of the worst teams in the league, then let him go. But, so if they stay around the same that they are, I'm not that concerned just yet about this, especially with the Zach Wilson injury in the preseason. We talked about this, Nick, too. We we both looked at the Jets' schedule. They have a pretty tough schedule coming up, too. I mean, they, they had to Cleveland next week. That might be a winnable that's game. Probably, that's, that's probably, probably the easiest game, game in the next four games, right? Because then you're home against Cincinnati at Pittsburgh. And then you're home against Miami. Miami looked pretty good against uh, beating New England week one. Miami's a much improved team this year. I mean, and then after they're home against Miami, they go to Green Bay and then go to Denver. I mean, the Jets don't have an easy schedule. I mean, I I think if Salah, at least least the team shows improvement, Zach Wilson shows improvement, this defense plays to potential. I mean, there's so many... High, there's so many early draft picks on this team. They went out, they did the free agent signings. There was there the hype, there was some hype built around this team, which I think we could both agree that this level of hype hasn't been built around the Jets for a number of years. But was it so you expect them to have some level of success, right? Am I expecting them to be in the playoffs given the division and the stacked AFC? No, before the Zach Wilson injury on 10 wins this year, no. 
you just want to see some level of improvement, right? So I agree with him. You know what I think is going to be key? I'm looking at the Jets' schedule. So you talked about the Browns next week. I think that's the only other winnable game while Zach Wilson's down. I and mean, even even looking at the schedule, I don't know if the record would be that much different with Zach Wilson in there. Like maybe the game agree. would have been. Maybe Zach Wilson was in there yesterday. Maybe the game's in reach. Maybe it's a one possession game. Three point game, but would they win that game with Zach Wilson yesterday too? We don't really know. The Browns game, I think, is winnable next week. The Bengals, I think, even with Zach Wilson, they wouldn't win that game. The Steelers would be a tight game with Zach Wilson. Maybe you have a chance to win it at the end, but yeah, I think Tomlin's a great coach. So I don't think they're going to win that game. Going on the road too in Pittsburgh makes it so much yeah. more difficult. Then when Zach Wilson's back, it's going to be against the Dolphins at home, which I'll talk about Zach Wilson in a second, too, and how I think the expectations of the season should change now that when he got hurt. Packers. Whoa, you think the maybe, expectations change for the Jets or for Zach Wilson? Both. Why, why did the expectations change on, for I'll Zach Wilson? I'll talk about that in a second. I'll talk about that in a second. All but, right. I, I, I'll tell you where I don't think the expectations of Zach Wilson change because of this knee injury. I'm going I think the expectations the, are the exact same, but go, go well, finish your thought first. I'm, I'm going to say this. I think the key to if Robert Sala should come back next year is if they don't if they can play well and show progress in the last few weeks of the season. So coming off the – doesn't look like the bye. They might – oh, they have a bye. I, so they have gonna, a bye after the Bills. If they so don't they show the progress. Patriots, they play the Bears. They play the Vikings. They play the Bills, Lions, Jaguars, Seahawks, and Dolphins. There's a lot of the winnable games at the end of the season that I think they need to start winning those games. And if they only win six, seven games and they show progress in those last few games, I – Okay with that. Nick, if he keeps making comments like this and the Jets keep playing like they did week one, I don't think he's there the last few weeks of the season. No, they I don't think Sal is there the, No, I don't think I don't think he's there in the last few weeks of the season. If I Zach Wilson doesn't improve, if if all those negatives happen and Salah keeps becoming like this net getting the negative media spotlight that he's like that he's in right now and keep making these comments and talking about how he's keeping receipts and all this. And the jets play like they did week one. We see no progression in Zach Wilson in his first four five, six games back. I think Robert no, Sala I might, I think Robert Sala is gone by the end of the season. No, 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 I completely disagree with you. I think the jets have to make a this, statement. I think if they've anything, been mediocre for so long, I think I don't, I don't, but, I'm not even confident you know he's there by the end of the you season. Know what? You can't let the Jets' history affect your decision in the present day. Because if you keep doing that, you're just going to do the same thing. And it's going to stay the same old Jets like we always say. What I think for this year, I think more likely than not, you should keep Salah unless they really tank this Well, realistically, season. realistically, Nick, this team could be 0-9 going into their bye week. Could, could you see it? And- could you see them 0-9 going in their bye week? If that happens and they only win three games in the second half of the year, then yes, I agree with you, Robert Sala should be fired. But this is where I think, in defense of Sala and why they should keep his job, at least going into next for the rest of the season. So the biggest thing we keep talking about is Zach Wilson and his progression. And you know what was the most important part about his progression this year? 
where a lot of that work was going to come. What do you? What do you think, Zach? A lot of his training camp, training camp in the preseason. Yeah, and he missed a lot of training. What did what did he miss a lot of? Nick, that doesn't matter in the NFL. It's all about winning the regular season. You know what it is? I'm telling you this now too. Zach Wilson's not going to look. Zach Wilson's going to probably be worse than he was last year for at least his first three, four weeks until he gets up to speed. After three, four weeks, then you got to see some progression. But if you're saying that one of the most important things in Salah's job and what's going to be really a key to the Jets' success this year is Zach Wilson progressing, how are you supposed to progress him if he misses most of all the preseason, all most of training camp, and the first four weeks of the season, and you're expecting him to have success and be better than he was last year, just being thrown out there after an injury? Like, I don't think – I think Nick, that more should give him some job security at that It makes point. it a lot harder, right? It makes it a lot harder. It makes yes. it a lot I harder, agree. Yes. I 100% agree with you. Missing the training camp time, not getting the reps in the preseason, not getting the reps in training camp, not building the continuity with the receivers – not building continuity with his running backs, not building continuity with his offensive line and his offensive play callers. I mean, this and is only a second year in the system. This is only the second year in this offense, right? No one in this offense. I mean, it's a new system, right? So it was put in place last year. So it's not like it's a scheme that's been around for years. So no one – I feel like everyone's still kind of feeling it out, right? They're definitely feel felt it out a little bit year one, year two. They're definitely a little more comfortable now, but – yeah, this team's still going through some growing pains, but at what point is enough enough, right? At what point's enough enough? And you're going into the bye week 0-9, and, and you're coming out, you're at New England, like, tough game there. If they're 0-9, only Chicago the already the beat the, the Niners. I mean, this team has a difficult schedule. They've had a difficult path. Uh, I'm just saying, if this team's 0-9, Zach Wilson looks – worse than last year i think robert Sala's is in trouble i think he's in a lot of trouble that's all i'm saying i just but again you're talking if it's about fair this. is it fair no it, but it's not it's then, not fair nfl's a business and the jets have been but, bad for so long but then, and but then that's, I, that's the thing enough how enough. can you i'm not trying to even defend him for is it fair is it not fair you're basically going to fire a guy, completely rebuild, blow everything up again, which is now, what, the Jets haven't been to the playoffs in 10 years? More than that? They've had a quarterback probably since Joe Namath? Like, I don't think the Jets should be this impatient to just blow it up, especially if everything you're talking about, and it's unfair how Robert Sala is getting and Zach Wilson may be evaluated after year two. Look, I think I'm, a third year I'm, I'm is a little, fair. I'm a little I hopeful. I think the Jets can can turn this around. That is, they just got a tough road ahead. They have the talent on this team. They have the talent. I mean, after the the Giants Jets preseason game, we talked about it. I thought the Jets looked looked decent, and when they had Zach Wilson back, uh, and he's healthy, get a little more comfortable in this offense. They, I think they could compete. But I'm just saying, at some point, enough is enough, and the Jets will have to make a move if. I I don't think it's but I don't think Robert Sala but I don't think firing Robert Sala after this year unless the season completely takes a nosedive like the Giants did with Joe Judge last year that that's the effic- the effective move I don't think so 
Well, that's for uh, the Jets' front office to decide. <laughs> I guess time will We'll see, we'll see what direction they go, and we'll see how the rest of this Jets season plays out. Obviously, way too early. We're only one week into yeah. the season. Uh, but we'll see. And how the they quarterback's do. not even back yet. Yeah, so we'll see how we come back off that knee injury. Um, but he's not going to get a lot of leeway. He's going to have to come back. Maybe he gets game or two, maybe three. But then he's got, he's got to he's got to start producing. I don't Jeff, disagree with that. Some production out of him. I don't disagree with that, and that's what I think is going to determine if Robert Sala comes back or doesn't come back. And absolutely, like I said, after that, after that stretch, after a few weeks of Zach Wilson being back, if they continue to nosedive, then yeah, Robert Sala needs to go. But if they steady the ship, I don't even say they have to go undefeated or win six or seven games after that. Even if they win three or four games, and you see something from Zach Wilson. Yeah, keep riding this for at least another year. Yeah, let's go to a let's... team. Uh, yeah, with with a uh, with a new coach, Nick. Big win down in Nashville for the New York Football Giants in Week One. The Giants eke out a twenty-one twenty win against the Titans. It it now... was ugly at times. I think we could both agree it was ugly at times. But the Giants find a way to get it done and. This feels so good as a Giants fan. For the first time in a long time, the Giants are above 500, and Giants fans have a sliver of hope for this season. Exactly. And it feels Let's not even talk right about now. that. Let's not even talk about that. Let's talk about that. That's the first opening weekend win in six years for the Giants. First one since 2016 against Dallas. And Ben McAdoo's first game as head coach. How long ago does that feel? It feels like a lifetime ago. Let's, I want to just bring this up, and this is where I was optimistic about Dave. Because you know what the issue with the Giants was the last two years under Joe Judge and where Joe Judge was horrible, and this is what I think cost him his job? There are many ways you, you can go with this. Is he, You can go game management, use of Saquon. I mean. I think it was his offensive coaching. Now, yeah. Uh, yeah, he's, they he's definitely the not the best offensive under, play coach. They have one of the worst offenses in football under Joe Judge in two years. Does it make you and kind you of know, mad seeing Jason Garrett on uh, Sunday Night Football? I was like, this guy. <laughs> After watching yeah, this guy's sucks. offense <laughs> with the Giants, yeah. I don't want to see but, him ever again on TV. We talked about it last year, how there was a lot of offensive talent around this team. And how... But on paper, this team looked like an offense that should probably score around 30 points a game. And they didn't. But you know what it is? With Dable coming in, he's an offensive, he's an offensive coordinator in Buffalo. Could it be an offensive more coach? Well, that's why we that's got him. That's why we got him. Yeah. That's what you need. That's what you needed for this team. I think the Giants would have been fine last year. Dable was the coach last year. Yeah, well, but first of all, what a game Saquon had. Yeah. And that's another key, too, is this is the first time I can say Saquon's looks like Saquon Barkley in three years, maybe? 2019 was maybe some flashes yeah. of it, but it wasn't even the same. Since his rookie season, I'd say. Yeah, maybe since his rookie season, and that's a key. And you know what is? If we had that the last three years, maybe we'd be talking a lot different about the Giants right now than we had the last three years. Because it is a different team if Saquon is a superstar that they draft under the 
hundred percent. Especially this offensive line water. can hold up, and uh, if Saquon can stay healthy, yeah. I mean, Daniel Jones did enough. He he managed the game. Other than that one interception, that was a terrible throw. Terrible we'll, decision. We'll go into Jones in a second uh, and talk about anything with him. But even they too, did enough, yeah, on offense. The guys who the guys who performs are the guys that have been here that haven't just had that maybe that offensive coaching they needed. Because Sterling Shepard also had a really good game. I guess you can only say it was one reception, but two receptions for 71 yards and a touchdown. Top performing receiver for the Giants, Saquon. Props to Sterling, man. He's coming off a rough injury last year. And to be ready for week one and get that touchdown, I I was happy to see Sterling have some success. Yeah. Daniel Jones was efficient. Like I said, he managed the game properly besides the interceptions. Uh, QB, QBR of 115.9, 17-21. And it's two touchdowns. So the performance is what we were expecting to see. This is the core we built to reform the last probably three years, probably when the Schirmer era was in its second year. We're starting to see it now, and maybe it just took the right coaching to figure it out. Now, can this roster and this team be the one to build around and build this to the next Super Bowl, honestly? I don't think so, and there's some tough decisions there. We can go into that, but, you know, at least for one week, what we've been hoping to see, Dable might be getting it out of this team finally. Yeah, and the team the team seems to like Dable, right? I think he built a lot of uh, trust with his teammates by asking them to go for two. Uh, I feel like the players really like that. He's kind of becoming a little bit of a, no. a, a fan favorite amongst the players, too. Which is The only great. thing I want to say about it, if the Giants didn't hit that, what would our reactions be right now? This is... I just want to point out the hypocrisy of everyone, including ourselves. It kind of reminds me, do you remember, uh, I think it was two weeks, it might have been two weeks in a row, but it was like two out of a four-week span where Harbaugh went for two and the Ravens, and they missed missed it both times. Do you remember that last year? Last year, I feel like I do. I remember at least one of them against the Steelers. I don't remember the other one. And he was getting ripped, ripped, right? But if, yeah, I I kind of get your point. Like, if. If they converted on both you, those two point conversions, right? We'd probably be thinking, "What a genius! I'll, what a I'll genius!" Give good, I'll give you a good example of how to compare this. Let's go back to the 2015 Super Bowl. Let's say that passing play that he threw is a touchdown instead of an interception by Malcolm Butler by Pete Carroll. Are we talking about how Pete Carroll's one of the most genius coaches in the NFL? No. That was just a terrible. That's a terrible play. Like the, I, it, the no, no, no. The fact it didn't pay off, yes. But if it paid off, if that touchdown scores, no, it's just too risky. Like, why are you doing? No, it just. But Dable's play yesterday wasn't risky. Nick, I could I equivalent of. Pete Carroll's call is like running on the train tracks and not getting hit by a train and being like, well, I didn't get hit by a train. It's still a dumb move, right? It just, the worst case scenario didn't happen. That's how I, okay. I mean, I think Dable's uh, call was just gutsy, right? He was just going for the win instead of trying to win it in overtime. Uh, probably, he probably didn't have confidence in the team in him to win it in overtime. That's, I guess, the other part you got maybe point out. Because realistically, maybe I, I don't know. I don't know. Realistically, too, the giant defense didn't stop Titans offense. That was only against Ryan. The Titans should have won that game. I mean, it was a forty-seven yard field goal that Bullock missed. I mean, 
Yeah. Which is a, a field goal he should make, right? At the end of the day, the Giants yeah. really should have lost that game. They went down, yeah. they were down 13 nothing at the half. The fumble by Jones, the bad interception, the two uh defensive holding calls on that final drive. I mean, the Giants almost gave that game away. I, they did make some pretty bad mistakes in that game, and they have to clean up going to week two. Uh, but as a Giants fan, I'm just, I'm just, I'm happy right now. Uh, I'm going to take my win when I can. I was going to say, I don't, I think Tennessee gave this game away in a lot of areas. And the Giants capitalized on it and took some chances that paid off. But I still do, let's be optimistic Giant fan now. This team can win nine games. I mean, I'm confident about the next three weeks. Right, home against Car- home against Carolina. Home against Carolina. I feel really good about that. Week three, Dallas without Dak. I feel I, I think it's a winnable Chicago? game for the Giants, and it's Chicago, and it's Chicago at home week four. I mean, I think the Giants can start the season four and zero. Start four and zero, three and one. I think it's realistic. I think they yeah. go through a gauntlet. It's a little bit. They Giants have one of the easiest schedules in the league too, and. This game yesterday and this Dallas game now I'm talking about in a few weeks. These are two games I expect them to lose. I thought they'd go seven and ten looking at their schedule. That could be nine and eight now. And I'd take that. But my only concern with that is what do you do from there after a nine and eight season? Is this team really that good to compete? And do we have the pieces in place or do we have the capital in place to build upon this team? Yeah, I mean, that's... Because... That's just yeah, a very Daniel tough Jones, question. That's just like... A, because, I, there's a lot of people Giants wondering that question. I hope Joe Shade's up to, up to the job as GM because, because a lot of people have been debating that. That is a very because, hard question. Because right now, maybe this is an average team at best. Let's say they go 9-8. Jones plays the way he did yesterday. A couple of very bad turnovers, but Jones didn't win the game for us. He almost didn't lose the game, but he didn't help us win it either. He didn't lose it, but he didn't help us win. Well, he had that one really good throw to Shepard. Uh, I mean, I thought he did a good job managing the game. But yeah, okay, did he make the big flashy not- play? Is he is he Josh Allen who's stiff-arming guys? I mean, no. No, uh, I mean... Now you gotta think. They He's go a game manager. And Jones continues to maybe put up these numbers the rest of the year. Maybe twenty TDs and thirteen interceptions. Pretty high, like a seventy percent passer uh, completion percentage. You know, maybe six or seven fumbles. A few rushing, t- five rushing touchdowns. Do you bring Jones back and invest in him long term? Because I don't really know if you've That's learned really, much about Jones. So. Really difficult decision at that point. I mean, that is because I don't want I don't envy because, Joe Shane because that that yeah that's because I don't know because I think what the best what the worst case for the Giants is, and I don't want to say this because I want them to do well this year as a fan, but the worst case for the Giants might be them actually having success this year. Them going a nine and eight, eight and nine, because. There's so many things here that you thought you were just going to keep on this year and then get rid of, blow the whole thing up and then start the rebuild under Shane and Dable, but 
don't know. There's a good argument to possibly keeping Jones. You have Galloway signed long term. Saquon, you gotta consider if you want to invest in long term. There right. is Tony. Let's talk. Let's talk about yeah. Let's talk about uh, Tony and Galladay. Where were they this weekend? Galladay didn't have a catch. No, no he did. Catches for twenty-two yards. Darius Tony didn't have a catch. I'm sorry, but he didn't play. What's interesting to me too is he didn't play a lot of snaps. Did you notice that? I don't think he played. He barely played. Uh, he got two rushing attempts. He had that. <clears throat> One end around where he went look to throw. I mean, Richie James, like, well, it looks like Richie James, uh, kind of filled in for Kadarius. He got most of the snaps. Yeah. Uh, he ended up, he ended up with second most receptions on the team, most receptions from a wide receiver yeah. with six catches for 59 I mean, yards. They did also dodge a bullet with uh, Robinson as well. He is day to day after the knee injury on a Sunday, so yeah. Just for even sake, a second round pick on a wide receiver, a high second round pick, you want him to develop and progress and hope he can be something. Yeah, so I don't. The Giants can use another big player receiver. This team, yeah, I don't. I think there's a good chance they could be a 500 team this year, but I don't know where they go from there. That might be worst case scenario. I'll make the decision very hard for Shane and Babel what they do. Yeah. No, it will be a tough call. Uh, I mean, we've been talking about this all off season about about the, if the Giants go like nine and eight, eight and nine. Like, does Daniel Jones have to have an All Star year? Like, where where does he? How what level of success does he have to have to, uh, for us to sign him long term? I mean, it's that's a real tough call. Uh, yeah, like I said, I don't envy Joe Shane because. That is going to be a real difficult decision at the end of the season. And I think that make it even worse. If they get it wrong, it sets the Giants back again, and this regime fails just like that. That's the other scary part about this. Mm -hmm. So, we'll have to say tough decisions. I guess feel good for now. Let the dark and scary uh, thoughts creep up on us when they possibly have to creep up on us. Um, and get to enjoy possibly a good start to the season. Yeah. Let's talk a little baseball, Nick. Uh, I know the NFL is kind of outshine baseball with NFL opening weekend, but let's talk a little baseball. Let's talk about the Mets. Game I, and a half lead right now over the Braves. Zach, I, I want mean, to just point this out. They've struggled, obviously, a little, little bit in the month of September so yes. far. Are you worried about them losing this division? Obviously, I'm worried about them losing this division. What's concerning me the most? They're only about they're only this. a game and a half head ahead. Uh, Pete, what's concerning down. Me, They've lost. Like, they've lost some games against some bad teams too. Well, that's what I was going to say. Because the key is, and one of the big keys was, yes, you're in a very neck and neck race with the Braves, but you have one of the easiest schedules in baseball. Moving forward the rest of the year after you got through that Braves series. They haven't played well through it. Will they lose? Two or three of the Nationals. Two of – they lost one to the Pirates, which is okay. I'm okay with them not taking two or three there. Well, the big thing the also is – the Marlins. And then they're are losing good. to the Cubs and lost to the Cubs a lot. And they're losing to the Cubs right now as well. 
And then I'm Scherzer gonna going on the DL. I mean, that's also a big blow for the team. Yeah. But Luis Guillorme does return tonight for the Mets. So that is uh, a big yeah. addition. He's been a great utility I'm, player for the Mets this season. I'm going to say this, Zach, and I think you might disagree with me in some sense. I think the Mets World Series chances go down significantly. And I don't really like their chances of winning the World Series if they don't win this division. They need to win this division and get that first round by. I don't see them any chance of them winning this Dude, I didn't go through the wild card. I don't. I mean, they still can. It's. I mean, the road obviously it, it's a lot tougher, right? More games you have to play. I think it. it wears but the not team only down, that, especially after one sixty two, the team's already pretty worn down. But not only that, I think the way the Mets are built, it kills them even more. What so, do you mean the way the Mets are built? Do you mean? I mean, I don't think they're going to rush Scherzer back. I feel like they'd rather lose the division and have Scherzer healthy and ready to go for the playoffs. See, I think, I think that's going to be worse because why? What? What do you do? How is that worse? Why would you? Would you rather have Scherzer with with inflammation versus him healthy and have to play in the wild card round? I completely disagree with that. I've been to two matches recently, Zach. You know what I was supposed to see in both those games? Who are you supposed to see? Scherzer? So, I was supposed to see Scherzer for one game, and then the Subway Series a few weeks ago, I was supposed to see DeGrom. You know why I didn't see either of those pitchers when they were supposed to start? Because of injuries in the rotation? No. Because they were back from their injuries, but they wanted to give them extra rest and give them six days instead of five. So, they didn't pitch either of those games. Now, if you go into the wild card, because I think... The big part is going to be the Grom and Scherzer. That's what's going to carry you to a World Series. If you have to burn up Scherzer and the Grom and Bassett in a three-game wild card, you're already at a huge disadvantage of your key pieces being down going into then having to play a five-game series and be on the road for the five-game series against probably the Braves. You want to get as much rest for Scherzer and the Grom as possible. Because if the Mets win the division and they have home field advantage and a bye, I like their chances a lot because you're giving Scherzer and DeGrom really need to rest and then reform the levels they're supposed to reform at. Well, you could argue they, that with any team. Any team would but, benefit from a first-round bye. That's the whole point of trying to win a division. But I think it's but I think it's amplified more with the Mets because you have Why? two guys who are pretty – your two best pitchers are all-stars, two of the best pitchers in baseball when they're healthy. Okay. And when they have rust. Now sure. you're negating that because you're now going to have to use them in a three-game series, and it's going to hurt their overall ability, especially when you get later in key pieces. I think it's the rest is even more key for the Mets because it's even more key for DeGrom and Scherzer. Because you risk their injury a lot more significantly with a three-game series, and the rest they need is going to be a problem too. But that's like any... I don't. I don't get what. I don't get why it's any team would rather win the division and not have to burn out their two, top two more, starters. It's just more important for the Mets because the Mets. Why? Because the Mets. The Mets have, have really, a deep starting rotation. Okay, Bassett, Lebron, and Scherzer. Now, Carrasco okay, and Walker, Walker. and Peterson. Okay. If he has to fill in, he's been. He, Peterson's you, been great this season. Are you? But are you confident in? Having to throw Taiwan Walker and Carrasco out there for game one and game two against the Braves? Yeah. 
And then you're going to maybe have to be desperate and pitch to ground and Scherzer on short rest. Yeah. And probably possibly them getting injured on top of it. Yeah. I, I think they're dangerous. Really? Yeah. How many games is how many games is Degrom pitched in the last three years? They're safe, Nick. The playoffs is a different. They're, it's a different animal. It's a different animal. They're old and they they're tra- most, they don't want to rush them back, so they're ready for this most, moment in your particular. Two, your two most important pitchers are fragile, and they're going to be even more fragile if they have to go into a wild card series first. And that's going to hurt the Mets significantly. I I I complete. I could not disagree with you more. I feel like any team in baseball, for the obvious reasons why you don't want to play the wild card game, you want to rest your top your top starters. I mean, that's yes, just a given. It's obviously, it's more important to the Mets than I think it is to other teams. I think Scherzer and Degrom will because be completely the fine. They both they're gonna both going to be so well rested. They're honestly at an advantage than any other team because of the rest. Yes, I get Scherzer is older, right? That advantage is going to get completely wiped away if you don't win the division. But that's any single team. You think because one, I don't, I don't, I think they'll be fine. I don't think, I don't, I think the rest throughout the regular season is just going to benefit them. And I think if they had to play the wild card game, yeah, it's not ideal, but it, I think they can manage it. And I I don't think the season's over necessarily. I it definitely makes the road a lot harder. Yeah, sure, but that's any team. I think any team's gonna I have to deal with Mets, that obstacle. For the Mets, it's even worse. Yeah, I couldn't disagree with you anymore. Like completely disagree. I think any team would have a difficult time. I think the Mets are honestly better positioned than most teams. If and any, they're probably the best position. I I think because they're probably the best position to win the wild card and then advance, and then they have depth. Yeah, they have. A, do they really though? Besides yeah. those three pitchers, I like I said, you're confident in Taiwan for putting Carrasco game one and two, and then God forbid you make it to a five game series, you're going to try and pitch to Grom and Scherzer on. Short rest, and they're gonna have to probably do it again in a championship series. Yeah, I know every team's gonna have that situation, but Degrom and Scherzer are more important to you than maybe other teams' aces. A bigger team impact have a bigger impact on your team's wins and losses than other teams' aces. I, I mean, I think the Mets have the pitching depth. I mean, Degrom. DeGrom's barely got any run support anyway, so the Mets can win with any any of their starting pitchers, in my opinion. I'm be, like that's the beauty of the Mets rotation this year, is that I feel confident when any of their top five guys go to the mound, the Mets can win the game. Uh, Whatever you say, Zach. That's uh, the beauty about this year. Obviously, when DeGrom and Scherzer pitched, though, I do feel a little bit better. I mean, duh. Obviously, <laughs> I think anyone would say that, but. I think the Mets, I don't think a wild card spot means they're necessarily done. Makes the road a lot more hard. It makes the road more difficult, but they have they have the depth. They have the depth to do it. Okay. Whatever uh you say about that. You know, um I'll just talk to my team briefly because it's been an up and down few weeks. And 
I think we can contribute some of it to what's been going on. But I think the Yankees have the East wrapped up now. Quietly, they've won six of their last eight. Took a big two out of three from Tampa Bay. From most likely, not it hasn't officially locked up the AL East, but it increased their chance significantly because they're playing both Toronto and Tampa Bay are five and a half and six games behind them. They're playing each other right now. They go 500 against each other. It helps the Yankees significantly. Um, so I like their chance of going to the AL East, probably having the second spot in the uh, – American League East, obviously getting past Houston is going to be the most important thing. And right now, I think the key is just getting healthy. There's so many injuries to this freaking Yankees team. I don't know if you've seen the lineup over the last few days, but I looked at the lineup against a team like the Twins, Zach, and I went, what the hell did we just put out there? You want to hear the lineup against the Twins? I mean, the whole second half of the season, I feel like there's been injuries, injuries, injuries for the Yankees. So, But yeah, read me the lineup. This is from a few days ago against the Twins. So it was Glaber Torres leading off. And Judge Bang second. This is probably even better lineup because Stan came back healthy. Josh Donaldson, Trevino, Cabrera, Connor Falefa, LaCastro, Gonzalez. And a couple days before that, Stan and Donaldson both weren't in that lineup. I don't think Donaldson's that big of a deal because Donaldson's the 220 hitter right now. But Stan's back finally. You're missing Rizzo. You're missing LeMayhew. Peter hasn't even made the UDA's rehabbing in Somerset. There's at least three or four starters, key starters that aren't in the lineup on a daily basis right now. And hopefully they come back. Ben Attendee, I also forgot about Ben Attendee. Ben Attendee's also hurt. Is he going for the season? Yeah, I think he might be done. They, They don't know yet. He got the surgery. It's going to be about a month. What about he Carpenter? might be back just in time for the playoffs. He... Carpenter's another one that What's the I think he'll be he's he's the same way. He might be back around the same time as Benintendi. At least with, with Donaldson, yeah. I mean he's hitting two twenty four this season. But he's a guy you know can produce and can get a clutch hit when you need it because he's done it in the past. That's a good thing. The good things he's brought, I don't think he should start every day when the playoffs come around. I think you gotta go. Probably, I don't even know what you're going to do with shortstop with Connor Falefa because he struggled there a little bit and they brought caught up on the top picks as a result. But Carver is hopefully going to come back. But Donaldson, his bat's horrible. He's been good defensively. That's one good thing. He's a good vocal leader in the clubhouse. He kind of brings that energy the Yankees maybe needed. But I, he can't start every day in the playoffs. I can't start him at third base. Rizzo, I don't know if I mentioned too, Rizzo's not back either. That's someone else we were missing. So, think about all the key bats that has brought up. So, hopefully they're all back and healthy. Yeah, and we all know... the postseason, then we can make a run. We both know how dangerous the Yankees can be when they're healthy. Uh, And And in form. Yeah, and in form. I mean, the Yankees Yankees could definitely make a run. They're certainly not out of this. They've quietly looked pretty good the last, uh, last, like, 10 games, so... Yeah, I mean the Yankees are definitely uh, a definitely a team to watch heading to this postseason. Yankees and Mets. We'll see. We'll see what uh, the rest of September and October holds uh, for New York baseball. Definitely, uh, definitely some exciting stuff coming up uh, in New York. Maybe a 500 Jets record. Some eyes will be on the Jets when Zach Wilson comes back because that's going to be important for their future, possibly. 
October baseball. Zach, I think there's going to be a lot of big games coming up in the next few weeks. I know. We got some and excitement. Excitement in New York. Finally. Finally. Finally is right. Uh, we don't have to care about the Knicks, but the Rangers are going to start in a few weeks. Yes. Yeah, we don't have to corner. care about. We'll and, see. It'll be fun. Yeah. I mean, maybe the next episode or so we'll, we'll – We'll do our NHL NBA preview, but uh, I think for now, uh, that's all the time we have for today. As always, guys, thank you for listening and make sure to follow us if you're not following us already on Instagram, Twitter, and on TikTok. Yeah, thanks guys for listening. Um, We'll certainly have some fun these next few weeks.